AstraZeneca jab. Well, 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 well. Is it, so it's definitely on, yeah? We're on, we're, we're away, Congrats. we're at the races. Number 12, Let's Point Pod. We never do this, this is the introduction. This is Miss Scott Brown. Nathan Snade. Chat, um, well hopefully not rubbish, chat some decent content. Um, AstraZeneca, yeah, um, so I, yeah, volunteered for the first jab. Had it on Thursday, mate. Hit me like a train. Not that I know what getting hit like a train is like. I mean, I've been... You've been hit by a few, I've I'd say. swatted out of the way by some big people in my time. But yeah, it was like... So I got it Thursday morning. Um, and I... I, you, you I can, had, did I, they tell you not to do... Did they tell you yeah, not to do Yeah, they told me not to do anything for a couple of days. Um, and yeah, it's very quick. Very professionally done. You know, it's all just conveyor belt. And then you wait 15 minutes afterwards just to make sure you've got no... Um, you know, there's no side effects or anything like that. Um... And uh, and then Thursday night I was in a bad way. It was actually you said to me about drinking a ton of water, so yeah. I was just ploughing up, ploughing through the water. I reckon I was up every, must have been up every half an hour, just sweating. Um, couldn't just make my mind up whether I wanted to sleep on the couch or the bed. You know, just moving moving around. Uh, Friday was tough, and then sort of over the worst of it on. Uh, um, Come Saturday. On Saturday, because you would have had your training on, or not, um, your little lions. Would yeah, yeah, little, back to little lions on Sunday, I was good to go, you know, the weather was out, so I was back into it. But you, you had yours this morning, didn't you? I had mine an, an hour and a half ago. Still, so, still walking, that's good to see. Still walk, walking, but I do, I must admit, that I did feel a little bit different. I don't feel, <clears> I don't feel so energetic, and that's like 30, 40 minutes after having the, yeah. the, the jab. I was okay this morning, I was just running through, getting the kids to school in, and, and doing in, the usual jobs, but a bit, I'm a bit flat now, I must admit. Yeah, interesting one. Do you think um, there's like, there's got to be some sort of mental side to it, because you read all these different narratives about, oh, this is what it does to you, this is what this, this is what that. Ah, oh, so some anti-vaxxer thing about... Um, about all the, you know, what was it called? You know, um, all the, like, relating it to all the Nazi war crimes and all this sort of stuff, mate. Some of the stuff... Move on, move on, move on. (laughs) But but you think because we we read about stuff, irrespective of whether you agree, not agree with it, but, um, yeah, I guess, no, 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 whether or not you agree with it, do you think because it's in your mind, do you think I felt weird straight after it. Obviously there were some effects to it, but yep. do you think that was maybe the whole process was you, sped up if you like and you that element to, of doubt, let's say, yeah, that yeah, element of yeah. the, the, <clears throat> that naught point naught 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 one percent, you know, is Oh well I think that's that 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 naught 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 point one percent is definitely in there. There's without without doubt. Yeah. Me personally no. Um yeah, when I had it I must admit I, I half an hour later but felt a bit funny and then I thought no Scott got it the other day because we haven't really she didn't chat so much over the weekend and then um, I thought he, he cracked on so it's, it's no big deal my colleague the two colleagues of mine have, have had it and um, two close friends have had it as well and they all moved on I was like oh just crack through it's just playing in my head but um, just plowed through uh, I'm starting to sweat now yeah. and I <laughs> Just ploughed through Harry Potter, mate, on our Amazon Prime. Yeah, taken over. Yeah, yeah. As you can see, I'm sporting my um, my. Lions it's a lovely Lions top, isn't it? Lions jersey from 2017. Going to get worn very often. I will obviously wear it during the upcoming Test series. Um, yeah, that's what we're going to move on to here. How did your? Uh, well, we'll talk about our selections. By all accounts, it was a win. It was. 
as we knew it would be, you know, 28-23. I was happy with that, 20, 28 out of 37 selections. You know, you'll take that. It's a um, you did you did very well. I was happy with my. T- I was happy to get twenty three, and yeah. you got tw- you got twenty eight. Um, did you? Where did you? Where did you listen to it? I actually finished a session and then watched it on YouTube in the car. And mate, I love it. I get so excited because you're like, oh yes, he's in. Oh no, he's in. I can't imagine what it was like for the players because they're not. They are told. Um, I think some of them were contacted um, regarding their availability, but the only person who knew was um, Alan Wynne Jones. Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, I think he, he's at the Ospreys, and he had to tell them he had a dentist appointment, um, and that's why he wasn't in for training or something. I, that could be a complete spoof, but oh, I did wow. read something like that. You d- we did discuss it last week, didn't we? And you told me about it, and so that was the first live um, team naming that I've ever watched. It was all we- oh. Of, of a squad being named. A squad being named. And boy, didn't Sky yeah, pump the heck out of it yeah, into, yeah. in terms of building it up. It oh. was like the, NFL, uh, the, the NFL draft. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was huge. And I was like, wow, wee. But it made me realise what it really does mean to be a Lion, of course. Mm. So once every four years, you've got to be one of the better, better players. I liked what Warren Gatt said before they announced the team action. It was so true. And it was he's not, he's not defending his own, his own ass at all. But he said, selecting a team is an opinion. And selectors have to, and, and even with, if you're in a selection group, you have an, uh, an, an opinion. So whether, whether you get into the team or you don't get into the team, and it's not just for the Lions, it's, a, it's for any other sports teams that are out there, it is an, an opinion of, of those selectors, let's say, as the group that have made that decision. So it's hard not to take it personally, but it is... It's an opinion, and we know we know all about them. That's for sure. Yeah, and I mean, Gatland isn't afraid to um, uh, you know to make big calls. And what people yeah, you read all this stuff. Oh, he hates him, and all this sort of stuff. It's like at the end of the day, he's getting paid to do it. Okay, yeah. if he does a good job, he's going to get asked again. Okay, mm-hmm. if he butchers it. Uh, Clive Woodward in 2005 shock horror he didn't get asked to do it again and hasn't been asked since yeah. okay so Warren Gatlin this is his second or third I th- it might have been his third one is it this is his third one as head coach as head coach he went he went to so 2009 I think he went as the as one of the assistants McGeekin Ian McGeekin okay. was, was the head coach um but um yeah there was a big one in in 2013 with um Brian O'Driscoll so for the last test, um, they uh, yeah he basically dropped O'Driscoll completely out of the squad, um, and they obviously you know the uproar, I like the uproar was ridiculous. Like you know yourself, you're going to have a little nosy on social media, some of the comments and stuff like that. Like who in their right mind sits there and thinks, yeah I'm going to put this on here because I reckon Gats is reading everything. Yeah, and you know, I'll back up O'Driscoll because maybe he'll buy me a beer when he's back in Dublin. Pack it in, lads, will you? Yeah. But some of the stuff you read is absolutely ridiculous, but one of the best videos I have ever seen, I sent you the link to it, and it's, it's, it's from a film called Downfall, okay, and it's basically the last few hours of Hitler's regime, shall we say, where they're all stuck in the bunker trying to... 
yeah. not not stuck in a bunker, but they're trying to. You know, they're stuck in Berlin, and the end of the end is the end is the end is uh, the end is near, shall we say? And basically, someone has because it's all all done in German. So what they've done is they've just Subtitle. taken the subtitles off and put it all in English. And uh, they've done it to a few. They've done it. They've used that <sighs> film on a few times with different yeah, sports, yeah, haven't they? Brilliant, brilliant. And basically, he says some, it starts off with. Um, uh, yeah, I'll be getting picked up and I'll be wearing my uh, my Lions 13 shirt, you know, the iconic shirt mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's like, um, um, a Gatland has um, named O'Driscoll in the squad. And he basically goes like, if your name isn't Jones, 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 get out, get out of the room. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, one of the, obviously it's all in German, so the, the translations are relevant. But one of the generals says, oh, but Davies and uh, Roberts aren't, um, Davies and Roberts is a proven test uh, combination and he's like they're not fit to lace O'Driscoll's boots and all this sort of stuff and then he just the, the rant he goes on is absolutely um, he goes he gets all sweaty and his and his and his uh, part goes yeah, in, his, yeah, in his eyes yeah, and he's just sat there he's like you know when you hold the eyes like that and then there's another brilliant bit where it says it's okay though there's no Scots in the team <laughs> and then if you watch it right to the end he's like we should go out tonight the Irish girls will need comforting. And then the last bit is, and also, the nurses got paid today in Sydney, so we... <laughs> brilliant. But whatever legend came up with that video yeah. is... There, was a, there is another funny one that I um, was was in the loop two, or two weeks ago with the Champions League. You know, there was this outfit that we're trying to create, the Super League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one that came came out on there. I need to show it. Maybe we could put it on our Instagram. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, that was a hilarious, um, a hilarious one. I think it was this one was in Spanish, I believe, yeah. and uh, the guy's laughing, and, and he's laughing so much that he can hardly speak. And um, he's saying, can you believe it? They've got um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester United. They're all in there. But then you won't believe it. They've actually selected Arsenal and Tottenham, and he bursts out laughing. Of course, he can't he can't talk anymore. He's just <laughs> laughing so much. But it, it, I, I was watching it, but it brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> tears to my eyes. Being a West Ham supporter, yeah, yeah. No, um, they're, they're just talking about funny videos on the uh, just the last one. You, you must have seen the one where Aguero scores the screamer against uh, is it QPR. That's right, last day of the, the last the, day. I can't remember yeah. who the commentator is, and it's like, Balotelli Aguero! You know, they they use that on sports. Sky Sports yeah. as part of the... So there's an absolute brilliant one where there's this, uh, they're on this building site, I don't know where it is, and this massive rat is running um, running across the building site, and the blokes are all like launching wood at it, and bricks and stuff, <laughs> and can't hit it and stuff, and then one of the fellas runs out of nowhere, and it's but they've put the... The noise of the crowd and the guy commentating, and the guy runs and he's like Aguero. <laughs> Who <laughs> gets this? Gets absolutely <laughs> flying. We yeah. should we should put these on um, so so yeah. listeners know what we're uh, what, what we're on. Yeah, about. But as long as we think it's funny, that's yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> it certainly yeah. um, was for us. Who did you? Who were you most surprised about with the Lions that didn't make the, the make the cut? Um, I thought um, the guy James Ryan, the Irish second rower. But by all yep. accounts, he didn't have the greatest game. Um, well, the perception is he didn't have the greatest game against La Rochelle. Yeah. Um, and a little bit hard with a, when you're in a Ford pack where, where there's a 40 kilo difference between you and La, La Rochelle. Big, you know, big Willie, big Willie Skelton. You know. Yeah. Mm. 
Him, um, I think uh, the guy Josh Navidi was probably um, pl- close. The Welsh guy with the dreadlocks, he, fe- he was yeah. quality. I thought Sexton would be in. I did too. Um, you know, and what's well, what's happened there is obviously apparently hasn't had a run of games, hasn't played three games back to back in nearly two years or something stupid like that. It's a ridiculous <laughs> stat. But then also, sure enough, Dan Bigger, he got bang on the head and went off for a HIA at the weekend so you just you don't know what's going to a lot can happen in six weeks you know Um, and they are able like let's say Dan Bigger took a knock Sexton will be able to come in to cover just as an example they they, uh, do they no I I think you have to be declared unfit to continue for the the rest of the tour before they can well I say that Gatland will do what he wants. He doesn't care. Yeah. If he wants to bring someone in, he'll bring someone in. Uh, of course, you want to win a Lions. He wants to win a Lions series in exactly. South Africa. So, um, who else? I thought Johnny May. Yeah, Johnny May was my first one. To be honest, uh, Johnny May and Carl Sinclair were my two. Yeah, Carl Sinclair, I thought would be going. Actually, probably seen. Um, I showed you the video. Carl Sinclair doing the rounds, um, where he obviously. Um, Quite touching, that isn't it? Yeah, uh, do you know what? Actually, um, some people will say it, it's like you know Owen Farrell cops uh, cops a lot of flat. Oh, he's an asshole and stuff. He's he's just super competitive. Yeah. Carl Sinclair's an emotional bloke. He's a young lad. Yes, mm-hmm. he's caused some trouble. Who hasn't caused caused any trouble at some stage in their in their rugby career? And it's like, what what do you want from these guys? He's so the bloke is just. Nobody expects to be a lion. They're not. None of them are like that. No one would expect that. But you, you, you can't. You can't. You can't not sit there and be like, yeah, he's got to be in. He's got to be in. And, and that's probably why I was able to pick a vast majority of those blokes. You know, most people could probably pick the first twenty-five, maybe even thirty. Well, twenty-three, like myself. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Mate, I, I was don't want to interrupt, but. When they called Courtney Laws, I thought, why did I not put him in my team? I had him in my team. Yeah, you had. Oh, you did. And I thought, yeah. oh, you did. And and um, and Ian um, Ian Henderson as well. I just thought, why did I not put them in my in 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 my in my squad? But the first one when I put my head in my hands because I had it on at work, had the Excel sheet that the team that I drafted up. And this, as I say, it's the first time I've ever listened to a team selection. So that I'll, I'll I'll play the game. My colleagues thought I was an absolutely bonkers with my headphones on there, umming and ahhing and sighing. Giving the fist pumps. Giving the fist pumps, yeah. But then Bondiaki's name came out and my my head went in my hands. I was I like, oh, I didn't I didn't think no, that. No, you didn't. You just didn't see these ones coming. Back, back to the Carl Sinclair one, you can see him get, um, you know, quite emotional because anybody who was hoping to get in and didn't get in would be gutted. James Ryan, gutted. Johnny Sexton, Gutted, Josh Navidi, gutted. Johnny May will be absolutely gutted. And the worst thing I think for Johnny May was you, you might have seen the rounds of the video of they do the reactions of all the players of people getting named. Imagine sitting in a room and seeing uh, your boy Reece Samet, the winger, getting named. Chris Harris, the centre, dark horse, he got who? Picked. Chris Harris. <laughs> Don't worry, there are no Scots in the team. Yeah, there are now. He got picked, and then you're sat there and you're like. You're happy. Jeez, you want to go out and cry, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, just... I mean, Johnny May, when I didn't see his name, I thought, maybe did I miss it? Yeah, and I, that's what I thought. And actually, I was texting a friend of mine, um, and I said, I just realised James Ryan's not in. Like, I, I, I hadn't... Um, I was sent to Oshin, actually, just to give Oshin a shout. Silly bugger, um, snaps Achilles, didn't he? 
um, I put train in the other day. Oh, poor guy. So had an operation on that. So he'll be uh, he'll be out. He'll be on the mend soon. Oh, all the best, mate. So, Horrible injury. Yeah, but all the all, all the best. So he's in. Um, are they re- sometimes they reattach it immediately, but not always. Yeah, I, yeah, I, think, they've, they've, I think they've reattached it, and now he's in like a big air cast boot. You know, so be, he's out of hospital, is he? Because sometimes yeah, you can yeah, stay in for a quite. He only stayed in for the night, I think, and then you get. You know, you you go back in, get the stitches out. So it's been that's over that's a week and a half ago now. So okay, because I've I've, I've um, been into hospital visiting a mate years ago, and he was in there for about all, like, near on ten days with his with his leg up. Yeah, yeah. They try and so they like lock it in one position, and then they take the cast off, and then they move it into another position. They, they, they change it. Either. But anyway, okay. back to the um, back to the Carl Sinclair video. What for me? What was actually really nice was um, the lady who um, interviewed him was a, um, a lady called Sarah Elgin, a, a Welsh lady. So she does a lot of the BT sport or BT rugby interviews and stuff. And it was just nice to see the way she spoke to me, quite a soft tone. And it was compassion it just, it just and it was comparing. That as well. we, we talked about didn't, that. Didn't, didn't have um, the other Sarah that interviewed uh, Owen Farrell. No, com- no, Sarah no, got no, completely, exactly. di- completely you, different. You know, that's where, you, you know, that's nice to, it was a nice conversation to see. But I tell you what, actually, after that, they then flicked over to Pat Lamb and Hugo Monnier. And um, so they're asking Pat, and Pat Lamb was speaking about him. And then they went on to Hugo Monnier, who knows him. And, you can see, like, Hugo Monday sort of choked up a little bit as well. And watch the video because when you watched it, it's quite, it's quite. It, it, if it doesn't, oh, it, it makes you, it, it makes you realise how small the rugby community is. Yeah, it really does. It was, it was touching. I mean, Hugo Monnier, I think, has played with him, hasn't he? Yeah, well, yeah. But, but Hugo Monnier was like, he was a lion. But the the, the interesting thing about Monnier, Monnier went in two thousand nine. So he was on the last South Africa tour, and he sort of. He was what you call a bolter. He sort of wasn't. Ooh, was he? Where's he come from? And then right. he played the first test, and he didn't. He didn't play particularly well, um, and he probably butchered two. Um, or no, I don't want to say butchered, but he didn't. He, he could have scored twice, mm-hmm. and in that tight game, they could have won the first test. And hey ho, didn't play the second test. Came back into the uh, uh, the third test and scored this screamer of an intercept. I ran the length of the pitch and stuff like that. And it's sort of like. Your, you know, your. Are you? Are, uh, here's a question: Are you more into the Lions or more into Ireland? Who would you? Who would you rather? Oh, the Lions. That's a li- oh, personally, so you're a, but I am biased. I think it is the greatest sporting concept there is. Okay. And I think if you could sit down and explain it to people, they would. When they. Um, if, if, if yes, sorry. If you could sit down and explain it to people, Tetestrians or Tetestrians or Tetestrians, Tochesterians. <laughs> yeah, I think if you could explain it to people from outside the rugby community how it works, they might get an appreciation for it. And I mean, the trouble is, you couldn't you couldn't do it in football. You, it just wouldn't work because it just, just doesn't work <laughs> in football. Isn't it? But um, yeah, um, so obviously you know you go Monier. But then even that, you're like, you read, you go on Twitter and you, and you just read the comments, like, just makes my blood boil. Like yeah. these people are like, ah, oh, you were a, you were a rubbish lion and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell does this? John you got to stay, you got to stay away from that, Scott. Stay away from that. that oh, it doesn't affect, it doesn't affect me. But, it, but it, I, 
I once upon a time read their comments and things, but um, they're just so rubbish. Say it to me face. They, just, <laughs> yeah, and who are these people? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a reason they, they call them keyboard warriors. Try not to look at the comments. The only comments that are important are the ones that come through. But Let's actually, point pot on their Instagram. Yeah, exactly. We'll get out, out, out to the millions of followers. But um, just on that, it's like, it's not fair to just, you know, make it around Carl, because I'm sure if you went to these other guys and asked them, um, about how they feel about not getting selected, you know, especially after you've just played a match, you'd probably see quite an emotional response because it's raw. Because you finish the game and you don't. It's not like I go up. Uh, You're right, Johnny. Yeah, can we going to come and interview about the Lions? You maybe have an hour or a couple of hours or a couple of days to think over what you're going to say and how you portray yourself. But because it was so raw, the game's finished. All he is thinking about is the game. And then all of a sudden. You, you, it's not it's not human it wouldn't yeah. be human to just switch off your switch emotions off, and yeah. stuff like that so um, yeah it's a great interview but I also think um, you know as I said well, it could brought out a softer side of brought out a softer side of Carl Sinclair yeah. that we don't really see well, it's like he's the, not my he's not my I'm not number one fan of him yeah, but, but, he, but I certainly I don't know if you saw the other one of the other props a guy called Alice Genge no um, so he he's what, Exeter isn't he no no uh, he's um, Lesser Tigers Lesser Tigers but he's a Bristol mm-hmm. boy okay um, and he you know, say what he thinks, causes a bit of trouble. He was the one that, probably remember when I said a couple of weeks ago, was like, you know, they'd lost to Wales and he wasn't, he was just sort of staring into the abyss and clapping them through and wasn't acknowledging all the players and stuff and he was getting torn apart on social media and like, everyone's like, oh, he's, he's not, un, he's unsportsmanlike, he's, he's a disgrace and all this sort of stuff. And then um, they're playing um, Ulster last weekend and John Cooney, who was a name that was touted for the Lions as well, yes, gets yeah. knocked out, has to go up. Genji gets walks up, walks over to the Ulster bench. He's like, you all right, mate? It's just a tap on the hand, says hello to him. Boom. Did that get the traction, the same traction on social media? No, of course it didn't. No, of course it didn't, yeah. Because it's positive. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's actually really sad. Interesting, interesting. Did you see the football um, when um, Jamie Rednet? I think he had an, uh, He was having a bit of a debate with Roy Keane. Oh, and cat amongst the pigeons. That's right. And they, and they were saying basically, if you play for your, anyone, he said anyone can play for your play for your country. And he and Jamie and I said, well, that's that's but unfair. Look at look at okay, it's a West Ham tour, but look at Mark Noble. We, not, not everyone can. There are good players that don't get to play for their mm. go for your country. So very unfair. And then he went on um, a, a little bit further. I thought, well, maybe I'm not sure it was before that or just slightly after that, but it evolved. And he was saying he, he basically cannot stand it how these the football players of today go over and are mates with their op- are mates with their opponents because when he played for United, they hated Arsenal like them and, and, and Patrick Vieira. They were just hammering. They were just exactly. They were just hammering talks. They 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 they. Yeah, probably could say that they hated each other. Yeah. But, but actually, we've moved on from that. Yeah. And and I wouldn't want to really disagree with Roy King because he'd, he'd, he'd sock you one. But I do disagree with him in, in this. We are, for, not, for, for being friendlier with our um, opponents, we learn a lot more. We learn a lot, a lot, a lot more. It's just a mutual respect, isn't it? But there's... There is still a massive mutual respect between them. And it's funny you talk about Roy Keane and Vieira. There's a brilliant documentary that Sky Sports did. And they get the two of them together and they sit and they talk about it all and talk what was going through their heads and stuff. There's massive respect. Just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean you don't, you know, you can still show someone respect, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, by all accounts, they probably 
get on quite well and just laugh about it now as you'll find a lot of those guys do but at the yeah. time it's um, you know it's what well, it gives us something to talk about doesn't it yeah. um, here's a funny one I'll just jump away on a bit of a tangent old uh, Romain Grosjean is he going to Mercedes he's done it's done deal mate he's off to Mercedes next year yeah. next year what's the crack have they got an uncrashable car or something yeah exactly bumper cars <laughs> That's yeah. so interesting. You just look at the stats. I mean, the guy doesn't finish your race. But is that more to do with a? Do they want someone to back up Hamilton, or do they want? No, they want they want Hamilton to keep winning, don't exactly. they? Exactly. So you go. Is he going? But I don't know what. So something happened with Bo, but to, to to Bottas. I mean, why? Why? I mean, he's a phenomenal driver. He's doing he's doing really well. In fact, he's probably is he is he challenging Hamilton? Have they fallen out? Yeah. As he said, hey, well. I mean, who knows who what goes on? It'd be interesting to see where, where it finishes with Hamilton because he'll obviously keep going for a couple of years, but at what point would he step back? Because he's riding a wave and it's a hell of a wave at the moment, you know. Yeah. But at some point it's going to, you know, will he be, be cut loose or anything? And uh, yeah. no, Absolutely. Oh, I wonder what those um, Formula One drivers do when they need to go for a, for a, a pee. They have a bag, don't they? Do they, ba- they have a bag in the car? Know. Or do they just, 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 just weigh themselves? Just made that up, I think. Either they're wearing a nappy or something. I honestly don't know. That's a question that, for you. If anybody knows how Formula One drivers go to the toilet when they're driving, what if you need We've, we've seen the cyclists on the Tour de France, haven't we? They've, they've, they've pulled over. Yeah. Well, you, what, I mean, you've got an eight hour on, on the bike. You've got, to, you've got to pull over a couple of times, I think. Thinking of that, I have to go myself. I've been loading up on water for this um, AstraZeneca today. Um... There's a brilliant one of um, Mark Webber when he's driving, and he's obviously got some he's got some bug, and you hear him going, uh, you can basically hear him go, no oh, lads, I'm not in a good way, <laughs> in the helmet, oh, in his helmet. I'm pulling over, I'm pulling over, lads. So that's quite a funny one. Um, that would be that would be horrible, Benjamin, so hot under that helmet. And, oh. We um, I thought we'd bounce back to um, obviously we've talked about the Olympics um, a little bit. And uh, oh, there was one I talked about EPO, so um, a wreath proprieting, which obviously is about uh, you know, the cyclists take EPO, yeah, yeah. So, um, just to reinforce what it actually does, so it basically it's, it helps increase your red blood cell production, yeah, more red blood cells, more oxygen, work harder, work longer. Uh, it's been banned since the early 90s, but they weren't always able to trace it so people were still doing it so now that was because they were taking they were blood that was because they were blood doping they were taking EPO but then they were t- they were taking out the blood beforehand <laughs> yeah then they would take the EPO and just before the race they would put the new blood yeah 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 so I mean there's all there's all different ways around it and it's now what they do is they freeze all the samples so they can still go back and test so I'll be honest and I say I wouldn't be surprised to see more people getting found out from races from from the past because mm-hmm. obviously there's new methods to find ways of cheating, but then there are also new methods to cheat, and you know yeah. that's constantly, constantly changing. Um, it's, it's 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 basically like almost altitude training, but not doing it. Um, you know where you're you sort of you can live high up. And then train slightly lower, where obviously there's less oxygen readily available, so you have to work harder. 
um, which is a great one for those, you know, those endurance athletes. Um, funny one about the, um, so uh, obviously the Kenyans and the marathon running, because yeah. these guys are absolute, well, they're machines, aren't they? Oh. Um, you don't call it long distance running though. You have to say what event it is. This is what we were always taught at school. Uh, what okay, so it's long distance, like from, where does it, where, where does long distance start for you? 1500? I think it's after 1500, I think. Oh, 1500 might be the worst one, but like middle distance. So like 1500, 3000, and 5, then 5000, 10,000. 10, half marathon, marathon. Then you get those freaks do like 100 miles or something. And walking. Like that. Yeah, yeah, rambling, they call it. Walking, that's the best sport in England, whatever. <laughs> um, but the, um, yeah, so whenever you would answer a, uh, a question in, in, in P back in the day, it'd be like, oh, name a... Um, uh, a sporting activity that uses aerobic endurance, long distance running, wouldn't get you the mark. You had to put 1500 meters, you had to put or something like that. Um, but a lot of these, um, um, these Kenyan runners, they actually come from the same tribe. So it's, it, they're called the, the Kalen Jin, and I'm told I've pronounced that right. There's around 5 million of them. Um, and they've dominated um, these longer distance races in recent times. So there's um, an interesting stat here. So there's 17, or there were 17 American men in history who had run under 2.10 for the marathon to two hours, 10 minutes, right? That's quick. Okay. That is... Yeah. There's 32 of these Kalen Jin Kenyans who have done it as well. So there's more from this small population than wow. the whole of America. Um, but you know, obviously, it's to do with their, um, you know, there's everyone tries to come up with an idea of why they are these machines when it comes to that sort of thing. And it's you know, is it to do with the altitude? Is it to do with their high starch diet? There's loads of different factors, but it sort of then ties in nicely to the whole nature versus nurture. Exactly. You know, are you born or bred? Are you trained or is it innate? And I think it's quite difficult to just be you know, yes or no about it. It's very, um, you know, why, 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 you know, why did you, why did you play squash? I played squash because my parents played squash. Why did I play rugby? Because my dad played, played rugby. There you go. So you're, yeah. you know, you're, you're, but you're if you look at, But if you look at, at certain communities, some, is it, and where, wherever, I mean, like rugby in New Zealand is going to, it's, they're always let's say they're always going to play rugby, or they've always played rugby. So it's part of a culture as yeah, well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so it's yeah. more than so. Yes, I think I definitely believe in in, in the ge genetics. Does altitude play a different? But yeah, you 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 nurtured into it as well. You I think it's you're in what you what you have available to you as well in yeah. terms of the resources and the provision that's available to you. You know. There aren't any Luxembourg down downhill skiers. No. You know, why That's that? right. Why, why is that? Because it's where you, where you are, isn't it, location? But we know, and if we quickly come back back onto rugby, you know, there's some, some Afri players that have come from Africa, haven't they? They've been phenomenal athletes, and they don't come from that village or whatever, but they've certainly got the genetics yeah, yeah, to yeah. be a good to be good athlete or to be good at rugby. Absolutely, um, absolutely. A different again. I, I mean, I keep thinking of, of squash in that regard and, and um, Paul Cole, who might be coming on board for an interview in the, in the coming weeks. I was going to touch on that, yeah. Who's so, Paul Cole? Talk to me. 
Talk to talk to the listeners, okay? Who I don't Paul know. Cole, world number. I think it's world number four at the at the moment. World number four or five, top five, and surrounded by a bunch of Egyptian squash players. And um, who is he and where is he from? He's from the West Coast, rugby league country in New Zealand, West Coast of the South Island. And yes, there are squash courts uh, where, he, where he is, but to get anywhere to travel, he'd have to go to Christchurch. Well, we could, when I speak to him, and I'll try and get him as a, on an interview. And they have Wi-Fi down there as well. They do. Well, actually, he's now living in Amsterdam, so um, or, or, or Hoofdorp near, near, near Amsterdam. So uh, we, we can get him on Wi-Fi, we can get him on Zoom and do a recording. But a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. And um, he comes from the West Coast. I mean, where's the West Coast? To get to Christchurch is probably about a four or five hour drive to get to have competition to play. So did it tough, world champions can come from, can come from anywhere. Yeah, but how did, you, so how did you meet Paul? Incredible story how I met Paul actually. He had um, come over to Europe to play as a pro. And um, I organise a tournament with eight pros every year. And Paul just arrived, and I wanted him in the I wanted him in the tournament, but he was going to be my ninth pro. I had n- n- no money; my budget was blown. I didn't have any, I had nothing. For who, was, who did you spend your budget on? Oh, you spent it on Creedy. I spent it on, on Creedy. On Creedy yeah, but I spent it on Creedy, Pedro Svertman, Dylan Bennett, um, Kashif Shuja, um, oh, Bradley Bradley Hindle. Bradley Hindle was my eighth that year. Where are you flying them in from? New Zealand or Australia? No, they're all, they're all Europe-based. Oh, okay. They could, and some just jump, jump in a car, come down and, put them, and play the tournament. And it's good for them, this particular tournament. It's, not, it's, it's social, it's, um, it's, it's, but it's, com- it's competitive as well, and it's, and it's good fun, played in 24 hours, then go home on, on, on Sunday with, with ease. Um, anyway, Paul was my ninth bro, and I had no money. I said to Paul, listen, you're welcome to come to the event, but... Listen, I've got, I've got nothing, nothing for you. I'll, I'll, I'll find something, and I'll, I'll look after your bar bill, and I'll cover your food and your accommodation. I'll cover that, but I've pretty much got, you know, nothing for you. He said, "Listen, bro, sweet as, I, I train with the boys anyway. It'd be silly not for me to come down. What am I going to do for the weekend? So I'll come down and, you know, use it as a training weekend." So he came down, and um, guess what happens? He sorts everyone out. Wins the tournament. <laughs> I am paying all these guys and I just yeah. said listen it's an exhibition so it's not you know there's no prize money you don't get any for finishing first or second of course I did, um, we, did, we, did we did manage to scrape up something to sort them out and look after them and I said listen I've all you know going forward I've, I've got your back for another event and I'm sure that things work out positively anyway he came two years later and the, the next I think he came two years later and he played with Creedy I never forget because they were all about 50 in the world by this stage when, when Paul first arrived he was about 120 second time he, he arrived he was about maybe 60 or 70 there weren't there wasn't that big a difference but Creedy got sorted out by Paul again careful because uh, I still want my t-shirt <laughs> no no he won't mind this he won't mind this I'll never forget him going outside and just giving his racket a bit of a he's gentle to his head rackets but he did he, he did give it a a bit of a throw into the old long grass and he's like how do I lose to Paul Cole he's not even good and I said oh fair crack mate he's, he's obviously better than you because he sorted you out twice he said I can beat him I, you know I can definitely beat him but that's twice he sorted out because Peter's a very creative player and where where, where Cole is just a, a, a tough tough worker he's, he's got very good shots and very accurate but he's just he wouldn't say he's a great yeah he does grind a little bit but it's probably it's unfair to use those words but he sort of 
he sorted Peter out. And we look seven, eight years later, and Creedy's still in that 50, world 50 bracket, and Paul's top 10. So phenomenal story, and I'd, love, I'd like to talk to him, and, 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 and my first question is, how did he get there? How did he make that jump to go from 50 to 20? Yeah. I know the tournament he did at St. George's Hill when he, when he won the St. George's Hill tournament, and he was an outsider, and he, and he got in there, and then that, he cut his ranking like from 50 to 20 or something. But he stayed with it, and he's, he's a phenomenal superman, they call him. I think what I'd, what I'd be really interested to know is, Squash is, is different to a lot of other sports in the sense that you you decide if you want to become professional, don't you? You decide if yep. you want to go down that route. But at what stage do you think actually this is uh, this is going all right? This is you know do you do you get to a stage where you're like yeah I can I can crack top ten or do you get to the stage where you're like, mm, that's maybe a bit far for me, yeah. or, or maybe the the pro life isn't for me? Yeah, I, that, that'd be an interesting question to ask. It'd be nice if we do the uh, if we do the interview, we'd have the chat together yeah. with him because you throw some questions, let's say, a little bit outside the squash knowledge, but that'll be good for the for the for the for the listeners. But um, well, he's got well, one video which I'd like to try and ask him to see if we can put on this week, I don't know where it is, I've seen him doing before, when he was in a swimming pool and he was, let's say, belly button height in water. Oh, and they do the jump out of the pool? He jumped out of the, he jumped out oh of the God. pool. Now, he, he's, this guy would do whatever he, whatever he did in life, he's going to succeed physically, whether it be, he how, loves, he how loves his crossfit. How tall is he? Oh, he'd be 180, 179, 180. But, um, Whatever he did, he would he would. I know he's a good. He can he can hit a golf ball too. So it's, he's definitely got good hands. But physically, there's nothing that'll break him break him down. You see in his training on, on, online. But and I see it all. But nothing has impressed me more than when he jumped out of water, and and out of the swimming pool. That's and so he's cool. and he's at and he's at belly button height. And this is going back. Oh, I'd, I'd say ten. Well, not ten years ago, but yeah, it's probably going back ten years. I would say. Brilliant. Well. Um, but yeah, we'll, it'll, we'll have a chat to him this week. See if we can get him on board for um, for either next week's show or the or, or the or the week after. Yeah, definitely. That'll be. Um, oh, I've got so many questions. I'd love to ask him. Um, just bouncing back. You see, um, I know we don't want to talk about football. Uh, Man City Chelsea Champions League final. Um, it's meant to be played in Istanbul Anaturk Stadium isn't it mm. is that what it's called Anaturk it's not called Anaturk Stadium it's called the Anaturk Olympic Stadium Anaturk or Ataturk Ataturk, Ataturk, Ataturk was the leader Ataturk, 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 yeah. Ataturk Olympic Stadium fairly certain Turkey have never hosted the Olympic Games no no are you allowed to call it the Olympic Stadium Maybe they prepared it for a bid and called it an Olympic stadium. But they couldn't host it on their own, could they? They'd have to have a couple. It'd have to be like a a couple of countries together, surely, wouldn't it? Did they have an Olympics? No. That'd be no. quite interesting. But yeah, but basically, there's no point no. in playing the Champions League final out in. Uh, totally agree with you. Bring it, bring it back. To- totally agree with you. Yeah, He's coming home. He's coming home. Um, but the other one, it's exactly the same for the uh, the Champions Cup. Absolutely, there's no reason why that cha- um, that that match should be played in. No, in to lose um, a man to play La Rochelle at yeah. Twickers, waste yeah. a, waste the time. It should be brought back. But that happened in 2003. Toulouse played Perpignan at the then Lansdowne Road. 
an all French final. Oh, I'm yeah. See, and and, and pre-COVID or and after COVID, I, I'm okay with the yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. I got that's a neutral venue, yeah. and it's a, and I know that you could have a neutral venue in your own country, but I'm I'm, I'm I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. If it's at Twickenham, it's at Twickenham. But in a situation with 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 COVID, we have to show that we can adapt and be sen- and, and be sensible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's sensible to have, let's say, the the the, the game in maybe Paris still at a neutral venue. Yeah. Let's say, and would Wembley be a neutral venue for um, for Chelsea? It's closer, but I take Wembley as the as the. Well, it's it's more. I'd say it's the taking down travel, and you know, I'm sure they can. They'll they'll come up with somewhere for for it to work. But what was um, on on the subject of of, uh, of stadiums or stadia or stad stadia? Stadia. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Canelo Alvarez he beat uh, Billy Joe Saunders. He's now 59. Did you see any of it? I, I, I only read. I only read it. I haven't I, seen I it. Watched, I watched. To, to be honest, I wasn't. I didn't follow it that. But I, I, I was following the chat, and there was all this chat about the ring, and it was too small, and he wasn't going to turn up for the fight. It's all part of the mind okay. games. Yeah, attracts attention to it. Here's the most interesting stat. So the fight was in. So he's Mexican. Okay. Oh, um, Canelo. Canelo. Yep. The fight was in uh, US and A, greatest Dallas, country in the world. Dallas, was it? Yeah, Arlington. Arlington Stadium, A and T Stadium. Which is so impressive. Mate, <laughs> how many fans? 73,500. <laughs> 73,500? During COVID. What the hell's going on? I don't know. I've got no idea. I thought it was bonkers. I read it yesterday. I didn't see any of the match. I, no, I just read and, the report. And, and that really annoyed me. When I've, when I've read the report... There's almost like an ignorance to it that they just there's no oh there's no social distancing in the crowd or and I'm like what's going on in the states man mate I watched the golf last night Wells Fargo played in uh, Charlotte Roy McIlroy got his first win over in, in uh, well over twelve months which is notable but same thing there there was crowds out there there wasn't same crowds as you usually expect yeah but there were crowds there no one wearing masks the only ones that were wearing masks with it was the odd um, was the odd marshal caddy or something like that yeah but crazy I just, I just crazy. don't get that like um, and no, nothing's been said about it I mean New Zealand Australia we know uh, uh, COVID well, they do have COVID but they're they're, um, they're on it they're, they're, on it. they're, they're isolated on it. they're all uh, so that but like the US the US is one of the worst yeah. I just don't understand how they could let it happen I was like, maybe I need to go and have a look at why what what the regulations is it run by is it run by the cities or by the states? Yeah, I know, but they are there are some states who they are all at different stages of stuff. So maybe they're on top of it. I don't know. Maybe we're ignorant. Maybe they all did. They all had a test, and they all, yeah. and everyone in there was negative. But that's for a, for a country that's having that's really suffering during the pandemic for seventy three thousand and a half of them to, for not one person to have COVID. I think that's. Yeah, we certainly very we certainly weren't prepared for it. That's for sure. Very very interesting, but yeah, I just, oh, just yeah, sort of blew blew my mind. But um, but things are opening up here, Scott. Yeah, so we've obviously just in relation to what we both do, you know, we've obviously got these camps coming up um, for little lions and top squash leading into the summer. Um, so obviously we do a bit of marketing now whilst we're on the pod, you know, yes, but yeah. get the kids signed up for the summer. Um, and you know, hopefully, we can get some sort of normality back into uh, 
Well, it's not, I say normality. This is normal now. We're used to it. You know, you, you have to wear the mask in the shop or wherever you go. I know they've started opening up the bars and stuff like that, but... 10 o'clock closing soon yeah, is at the 16th, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I hate to say it, you know, I'll have a beer as much as anybody, but there ain't no social distancing when there's two or three beers have been had, you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, if you're going to, you're going to get people to sit at tables, are they going to stay at tables, you know? Um, and, the, and the restaurants we've been given, well, we'll be given little tests. So if you want to sit down in the in the restaurant with a table of four, you have to do a test before you... How much, um, how much does that little test cost to do that? Well, the, the, the government are handing them out. But I mean, still, they're not short of cash. But I mean, yeah, the stepping stone. Someone's making money out of that that, that, that stepping stone, yeah, isn't it? It's fair enough. I, I actually, well, I got my COVID jab on the same day as um, Xavier Bell. Oh, nice. So I would have been like, "You're right, boss." He got an AstraZeneca as well. Mm. I wonder if it hit him like a ton of bricks. I might pop a message on Instagram and see what he <laughs> says. You know. um, I'll get one of the lads to transvert, translate into <laughs> Luxembourgish. His English is very good, apparently. Oh, All I've, it is. I've spoken to him. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, check you out. Yeah. But have got to be careful what I say there. Um, so he... I don't know why it always comes back to this bloody kick against Sweden. It always goes around this one. So after that, after that game... Um, he watched it, was, it? was he at the game? No, he no? wasn't. But I, on the Tuesday, I, was, I, used, to, I used to go to the gym down at Factory 4. Yeah. The sauna down there is glorious. It is good. And so I'm in there, and um, next thing you know, um, <laughs> these three, three blokes. Uh, was it two? I think it was two blokes. Like, these two blokes come in. One bloke, big, big boy. And you know, you're in the gym, so you're like, ah, oh, whatever. And then this other fella comes in, and um, we're so we're sat in the sauna, and. Um, he basically speaks to me in Luxembourgish, and I, I in my limited Luxembourgish, I'm like, and Shulish, uh, I don't speak Luxembourgish. And he's like, oh, do you mind if I put some water on? And my exact words were, I oh, sling it on horse. So to this guy I haven't met, I was like, yeah, sling it on horse. And so he puts the water on, and then, yeah, we just strike up a conversation. We get onto the rugby, and blah, 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 and I'm just chatting away. But I can't quite see his face. I can't quite see his face. Um, and, um, yeah, but I mean, I, you know, it got hot, got hot in there, so I've left, and I'm like, that, nah, that wasn't him, that can't have been him. And then I'm so sort of sat there, and then basically, I sat sort of cooling down, and he walks out, and it was him, and I was like, I'm so sorry, I didn't even recognise you, I just shook hands with him. And, but, yeah. but you called him horse. Yeah, I, he probably didn't hear me say that, but that's... that's slap that, it on horse, are your words to the Prime Minister? Yeah, I know. Slap it on horse. I should, um, <laughs> I should have messaged him, I wonder if he ever understands that, that's brilliant. <laughs> Um, and then he came to... So you had a sauna with the Prime Minister? Yeah. I'm going to stick that on my bio. Yeah. Your link tree. Well, what can I say? Had a sauna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, then we were playing Moldova after Christmas. And Charlie Stone... Pop, we get given a free ticket. No, do we get two tickets? I don't even know. It's not, it's not, it's not anything to shout about. He messaged him on Instagram and Charlie speaks Luxembourgish and basically got into a dialogue with him and said I've got a free ticket will you come down and he did he came down to what to speak Moldova fabulous what a legend nice touch nice, nice touch yeah the Grand Duke's um, grandson or son I think he played when he was younger I think he was playing now obviously we love getting guests on but that would be a big one that would be one Xavier on he could probably sit there and be like yeah Scott you're 
your, your account of what happened is completely inaccurate. It wasn't me. Mistaken identity. Um, that's quite funny. But yeah, mate, I think that's us for today. Um, yeah, I just want to, there's just one little um, parting shot uh, to finish off. A little bit of sad news. In Squash, there was a, um, um, a loss in our community. Uh, Malcolm Wallstrop from Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Yorkshire, yeah. A fab, absolutely fabulous coach. Regretfully, he passed away um, this week. And it was all very, very touching. And I think even touching for those people that, that, that never really come across Malcolm. But, um, yeah, very, very touching to read the, the, the condolences and the messages sent out. And there's a, um, a brilliant article that Jethro from Squash Skills had done some time, some years ago, maybe two years ago, three years ago, mm. on him as a coach and what he'd done for Pontefract Squash Club. And, um, oh, just phenomenal what he did for, what he did for how he helped people and his m- mindset. And fortunately, I was lucky enough to spend some time over there and, and, and was coached by him. Yeah. And um, yeah, really, really nice, lo- lovely, lovely guy, um, but hard and very fair. Um, he liked he liked the horses, and so I had a bit of a bit of an interest to him. And a couple of times went to went to have a bet on the GGs after the training with him, and very touching. And when you go into those training camps, let's say, or coaching camps with him, you know, you could get let's say fourteen, fifteen athletes playing, and they could be of varying abilities. So you could get. James Wallstrop, his son, maybe world number world one. one. At the time, yeah. Lee Beechel, who was also world number two, world number three, yeah. all in the same area. Um, you could be, um, oh, I was hitting actually with a guy, Saurav Gossel, who was Indian number one. So you're getting some top, top players. and then But you also get some club players that were reasonably handy. And just because I came along, it didn't mean that I got to play with James Wallstrop or no, no, you had to kind of work your way up slowly yeah, yeah, yeah. and, yeah, and, and yeah. basically he's, he's not saying it is. If you're a good person, you can come in and, and train. doesn't matter how good you are. Is, he, is that lad good? And for, fortunately, I, I um, got the recommendation from a close friend and, and Melk said, yeah, no, we want Nathan over. He knew that I'd been um, doing quite well here in Luxembourg with, with top squash as well and, and, and I wanted to learn from him. Yeah. And boy, did I learn some some valuable experiences that were still quite touching to me yeah just um, to jump in there when you mm-hmm. say you learn from someone like that is it because it's almost your mindset going into it because you're if joe blogs rocks up and you don't know anything about him he might technically be a very good coach but if he's got no no history then it's it can sometimes be difficult to engage with a coach because you don't know what they're about whereas if you know you're going over to see Let's say one of the big dogs. dogs you're yeah. immediately engaged, aren't you? Exactly. So he's already, right. so he had already captured my attention. Yeah, exactly. And so to a certain degree, yes, that's right. With Malcolm, he'd already. I mean, but yeah, in saying that, you still got to hold that. He's still got to hold that attention because the the community is so small that one person could have a one. Yeah, one person could have a. a bad experience or a negative experience let's say and, and report it back and then start people start thinking yeah, about 50 yeah, 50 yeah. but i've never heard a bad i mean i don't know how anyone could say a bad word about um, yeah. melt to be honest because he was very true he's very strong you know the the northerners in, in england like to say you know they were working class we're good people which don't they are good people but uh, i mean who's not to say someone from the south of england or from Ireland? you know there's good people all around the world but but the Yorkshire people in particular, they love they love saying this, don't they? It can be yeah. a, bit, a bit frustrating at times. But 
what I experienced there was was phenomenal. What captured me was how he communicated, and it was very hard. And you, there was there's certainly an, an, an intimidation, yeah. but it was also his humour as yeah. well. And I would ne- never forget that moment with with Sarah, for example, yeah. and, he, and he turned around and he was a bit late at let's say getting his shoes on, so he's thirty seconds behind getting on court with the rest of the group. Um, and he kind of looked down at Sarah and he said, you might be Indians number one, but you're nobody in, in Pontefract. You know, which is true. But he's not saying that, that Pontefract was above him. Everybody is the same. Yeah. Every, there's not one person, you know, it could be his, his son, James Wollstrop, and he could be tra- he could be training with just, a, let's say, a, a, a club player. And it doesn't matter. There's no face. They just go on and still perform the exercise. Yeah. And the way that he communicates with everyone is completely the same. He almost communicates in a way it's as if it's a horse race. Um, he, he, he doesn't stop play. He lets play continue. Yeah. And it's quite hard, and particularly, I mean, even for me, an English, um, speaking English and hearing English and being familiar with different accents. There's English, and then there's, there's up north. There's, yeah, there's up, up north. north. But when you get up north in an echoey squash courts, and you're around like four or five squash courts, banging away, banging away you could have, in some cases, you could have two squash balls being hit on one court. Yeah. And so, in the uh, over four or five courts, let's say five courts, you've got ten squash courts being hit, with at least four people on a squash court training with with big milk. We call um, was with big milk um, barking. He certainly wasn't barking, but doing his commentary and, and the up north accent. It was very very difficult to to hear. But it was also uh, it was also just in, um, just interesting. You just hear him his, his, his voice echoing doing the doing the commentary. And I'll try and put a piece on it, um, this this video or do do a link to our Instagram. Yeah, definitely. For me, it's a must 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 watch. About not only was it about him, but it was also about Pontefract Squash mm. Club as well. And there's nothing great about it. It isn't the best the the, the best most uh, the, the like a university like you'd expect you see in the US, which yeah, is phenomenal. Yeah. It's just a it's just a, 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 a rough older squash court, but they've done good things to keep it alive, keep the spirit going. Yeah. But this Malcolm Walsh passed away. Um, really, really, really sad. And as I say, when I came in, I didn't mean to say that I was training with with um, with James or the top dog straight away. One the 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 most notable thing he did with for me though, because for the first three or four days I didn't I didn't train with him. I came back to Luxembourg and I went back a few weeks later. And um, it was on the third trip I went over there. Actually, they had the they had the Pontefract Club dinner or, or, or end of year dinner, and he um, and he got and he called me and said, "I want you at my table." And and on his table was James Lee, um, Sarev, and another and another top player. So I was fortunate enough. No, I hadn't spent a lot of time with those guys on the court, but I'd earned his respect. And sure enough, and and, and I'm, I'm a, and I speak highly of it. You learn just as much off the court as you do on the court. Yeah. Um, so that was a highlight for me. And he he, he kind of looked after me in that way. And ten years later, I saw him at a tournament in Riccioni, and he came straight over to me. And how, how are you doing? And he, he didn't care about my squash. He just cared how I was getting on yeah. in, in, in life. And it was, like, um, it, was, it was just lovely touch, and it was very 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 touching. I remember I was um, uh, when I was it was my last year. Now, did I tell you the story about Nicky Little? Yes. Me. Yeah, Walter Little's son, wasn't it? Yeah, what, what, I don't know. Did I say Yeah, we, we, we think we mentioned... Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, even that, you know, to not see that that bloke and him just be like, Brownie! You know, just, uh, yeah. how are you getting on? Not, how's the rugby going or anything like that? Just being, just having a normal conversation. you got to, you got to love that about those sorts of yeah, people. Those sort of people, yeah. They, they rub off on you, you know. It's yeah. infectious. Um, 
one thing I forgot to say was obviously we, you know, we've talked on about our sport and stuff like that and what's going on in the world. Um, I just want to finish on giving a shout out to all the grassroots coaches out there who are putting the efforts in on Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, whatever mornings after school, who are making the time to try and get these kids active, even in these small groups during these tough COVID times. It is massive um, and you are having an impression on these kids for what will be the rest of their lives so you keep doing what you are doing even when it seems like you're not getting anywhere you are getting anywhere and quite often you'll find you're actually building a very strong relationship with these kids and unfortunately too many parents just dump the kids off and just expect us to to take over which we're happy to do but you know it's our livelihood and that's our job but I'd rather work with the I'd rather work with the parents that's for sure definitely mate but um, yeah we'll leave it there and I'll uh, We'll see you next week, and I'm, I look forward to this interview with Big Paul. Hopefully, and we I'll, get him on board this week. We'll hopefully, you like some rugby chat. Got to chat about rugby, you know what I mean? But he might be, he might be league though. He might be rugby league. <sighs> he might be want to be talking about wakey and big northern softies playing that sport. Yeah, um, but he's from down south, isn't he? The west coast of the south, like the, the miners down there. Is that, but is that Lord of the Rings territory down there? <laughs> That's it always ends up to Lord of the Rings, <laughs> doesn't it? Anyway, mate. Um, All right, have a fabulous week, guys, and um, hopefully we give some good, um, good uh, interview with Paul this week. Hopefully, yeah. we'll see what we can do. Cheers. Cheers. He turned it off, yeah.